Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hello, hello, hello. It is I, it is I, and the one and only crypto cowboy, cow person. His pronouns are he and him, and sometimes Z and Zer. Uh, he's with us today. He's going to be rocking it out. We're going to be hitting some economic news that's going to be very vital, especially with all the things that's been going on globally and in the markets. It's We're going to bring some gravitas, some balance, some weight, and perspectives all the hysteria that's out there cj will be joining us he's running a little late he is right now doing uh i think he has a he, he's doing a hot uh tequila enema i think that that's what he, he told me <laughs> that sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that just does not sound like a good idea whatever offers the best absorption he's a very pragmatic person he believes in doing the things that offers the best amount of absorption. I try to talk him out of it. Actually, I convinced him because I, I like to do hot water enemas. So this is like the next best thing. You get the tequila directly into the bloodstream, you know? But, oh, dude. <laughs> Just joking. Yeah, Just joking, guys. So El Kugo will be joining us shortly. Uh, folks, you can find us over at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app to humanity. And I just realized... Holy crap, we're broadcasting and streaming live on YouTube. We might get flagged. Who knows? Who knows? Because of my well, anima jokes. Uh, you're, I think the anima's okay. Uh, CJ, oh. yeah, there's certain um, certain things we cannot talk about, like, say, uh, let's just say, uh, schmeeting schmer elections. Schmeeting on the Oh, schmeeting schmer elections. Yes. We can't yeah. talk about schmeeting. On the, by the schmemo maps. Yeah. And, we yeah, can't talk we, about that. Can we still um, talk about the cerveza? The cerveza see, bug? Uh, he told me. I've got a list here. Hold on. Like, he sent me a text. Yeah, he gave me a list of what we can talk about here. Where is CJ? Well, anyway, I don't know. We just won't talk about that. Maybe not about the uh, shots or anything else. Or, um, you know, I, oh, we have. Speak of the here. devil he and he shall appear. CJ, you there? Hey, you what's here? up, gentlemen? What's up? Hey, What's up, just, Siege? I was just telling the audience the reason why you're late. You went to go get a hot tequila enema. No, I got behind this truck that like literally was going every route that I go home and was driving like 10 <laughs> miles do, below. Dude, that truck, that truck, you can uh, ask my wife about this. That truck always, always gets in front of me every single day. I'm on a road and there's a bloody truck in front of me going three miles an hour. And I'm like pulling my hair Lord. out. Was it a white dear truck, Lord. Siege? It was a white truck. Was it yeah, white? It was a... Damn it, yeah. it's the same guy. <laughs> it's the same guy. I swear to like, you. is your he transmission slipping? Can you not get out of first gear? Yeah, no, we can't do it. <laughs> oh my god! And there was no a, good a lane cowboy. to pass in, you know. And I got a warning a couple weeks ago. I'm like, that's the last thing I need is to pass on a double yellow. No, no, <laughs> I, 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 I won't risk it. I won't risk it. I, I got, I got Montana plates on my car. I ain't gonna risk it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I got it's a little uh thing. You know, when you when you get a car, you just want to be able to buy a vehicle, and not pay. Uh, now I I can't disclose the whole entire uh setup. Yeah, here, yeah, but that's it's a Montana Ranger vehicle. I'll tell you exactly how to do it off 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 camera, off camera, offline. We are on YouTube, so if you're listening to us on YouTube, we're only going to be on here just for a few more minutes, and then we're going to be going over to D Live. We're going to be going over to Twitch. And roguenews.com, this broadcast will be rebroadcasted on rumble.com, Rumble as well as the Rumble app, and also Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts. So we're basically everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips, roguenews.com. Siege, can I make the announcement? Are we back? Is my CBD edibles back in action or what? We, yeah, yeah, we're, we're oh, back bring on. Bring up the yeah. site, man. Bring it up. You have yeah, the site back up? Yeah, we're 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 back, and um, you know, knocking it out of the park. A lot of different products that have have launched here recently. Look uh, at new this. new new images. Um, everything. Uh, want to give full credit to to uh, Steve and and Sterling, who have been basically like redeveloping, reformulating, using a lot of different new uh, new products that are out there. Uh, not only with Delta Eight, which is hemp derived, but also with THCO, THCP. Probably a separate conversation about all those things, but yeah, the packaging, the branding, the labeling—you uh, can see here the images are all are all new. Um, lots of therapeutic benefits that people have been, you know, talking about, you know, leveraging. And then Sterling, who has taken over the edible side of it, has just Ooh. been in the kitchen like a monster, creating all different types of products using Delta Eight and also just traditional uh, CBD. So yeah, so we're very excited about. It. So jump over and, and check those out over at mycbdedibles.com. MyCBDedibles.com. Yeah, What'd you say, Cowboy? Oh, I'm happy with that product. I just ordered a, a couple of tinctures last week, and uh, that's great stuff. Been using it for quite a while now. You know, the cool thing about MyCBDedibles is that they are like the highest grade isolate you can get. I mean, so many people are either using low grade isolates with like 80% of, uh, uh, you know, uh, purity, or they're just using just bulk oil, and it's just not even the same ballpark. See, why don't you break that down for us, man? Well, I mean, and here's here's the crazy part because you know the FDA says, hey, you know, you can't talk about any type of, of medical benefits, especially in advertising. No, there's no me- there's no benefits to taking this, folks. <laughs> there's no benefits to taking this. Just 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 take it for the heck of taking it. Right, benefits. but but in in reality, I cannot tell you the amount of people that we help with therapeutic benefits. Everything ranging from from uh, insomnia to chronic pain and in the most uh, unique situations, helping a high school friend uh, that I went to school with uh, basically reverse a lot of his cancer cell counts in his body. What? Like, wow. Yeah. Like it, he's going to do a series of, of podcasts with me because we've been uh, helping him now for, for a couple years. And to me, that's why I'm in this industry is because is the, the health benefits for the individuals and, and seeing people revert back to plant medicine and why the other day I talked about uh, the, the healing the uh, mind uh, uh, series that's on, on Netflix, because it talks about plant benefits, like all this stuff that's been suppressed through, through years, uh, through several years. But if you look back in the 1950s, the, the therapeutic side of a lot of these plant-based medicines were just, were just devastating. In other words, like one, type of setting that someone be, would be involved with, with uh, either, either, you know, different things, either that are, I don't want to say LSD, but, you know, certain things that were healing people. And it was yeah. amazing the results that were documented by not, not by, uh, not by like your, 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 the guy up the street, but these are like medical professionals, chemists who were isolating some of these compounds 
And so, so whenever I get contacted, which now here, it's like literally like, I would say at least twice a week, I get contacted by somebody that says, Hey, here's what, here's what's going on. Um, I had hip replacement surgery. It wasn't successful. I'm not sleeping at night. Um, I'm literally miserable. I, I can't do my job. I heard that, you know, that you can help people. What things can you do? And so to me, that's like the, the most rewarding thing is to have products that are therapeutic to people. Now, can our products be used recreationally? Absolutely. I don't care about that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a freedom health extremist. You know, whatever you do to benefit your own individual health, that's up to you. And so with my CB edibles, we can do that. But uh, why? My question to you is, why are you against my hot water enemas? That's another. <laughs> I've actually heard a lot of benefits of coffee enemas. I just haven't done one yet. I don't know if There's, I want to. Oh is no! It, I, is uh, it piping hot when they pipe it into you, or is it like cold brew? Uh, I, it's, uh, I think it's, it's in tablet. Or, I think that's I don't know kind of your choice. But... I, I I haven't watched any tutorials. Or <laughs> no, no. What? I, I hope you don't watch any tutorials, bro. <laughs> I used to live with this girl uh, down in San Diego. She's just a hot mess. I mean, and I mean, she did hot coffee animus. She did, co dude. She was one of those like girls that she's just, you know, she's hot as hell. But her, she's a mess. Like her room, her Crazy. bathroom, California. everything. The, California, yeah. What are you gonna do? And so uh, I walk into the bathroom and I see all this like black crap on the ground. Like it looked like what? Maybe some you like someone had an accident. I'm like, oh, what? stop. Did you yeah, no, it was just the coffee she, enema. She, she spilled it. That's all. Jesus she spilled Christ. it. <laughs> all right. See, back to the, back to the CBD. Are you Cowboy just took us somewhere. <laughs> Cowboy just took us to the dark side. That's well, the dark yeah, rose side. Dark rose. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a thing. And so I'll walk in the bathroom. I see all this brown crap. <laughs> what oh, the hell? Well, I mean, well, there, and, and again, it, you know, the whole entire thought process, basically, you know, I'm not a doctor. So consult with your doctor. This is the disclaimer. Consult with your doctor. Check with your medical professional first before you start any type of dietary, any type of. So that there you go. That's legal disclaimer. But there's a thought process in regards to how the stomach work. And the, and the fact is the stomach is almost like a second brain. Yes. And anything that you feed into your your stomach, there's good and there's bad bacteria. And it's very important to keep a balance, especially for a lot of people who potentially like, let's say for people who eat a lot of raw fish, which is, by the way, it's not healthy for you to consume a lot of, a lot of raw fish, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, again, there's just various ways you can, you can, you can, con, you know, consume that, whether it's sushi or, or, or salmon, however you do it. But uh, the, the important thing there is the gut bacteria. And we see this a lot with uh, kids with autism. And there's a, a, a thought process is what's called as heal the gut, heal the mind. And, and it's so true. So that's why people who do uh, detoxing, people that do cleansing, people that do colon cleansing, all those things, it is important uh, to get rid of that a lot of that bad bacteria there. But also you have to do it properly and, and to ensure that you don't kill the good bacteria as well. So that, again, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I fully believe there's a thought process there. It makes a lot of sense in regards to our food or intake, especially now that we know our food uh, has been so contaminated uh, with carryover pesticides um, you know, you, you got to ensure again that, you know, you have a, you have a healthy gut. It's just, it's, just, it's very important. Absolutely. Well, uh, my wife is a microbiologist. Um, so, you know, what she does say is that, and I've heard this written by doctors as well. I'm not a doctor either. So disclaimer, um, the, there are, nerves. I play a doctor on TV. Yeah. I, I used to tell the, you know, the neighbor girl that I was a doctor, we play doctor. 
this different thing. Um, so there is a nerve. There are a lot of nerves in the gut. <clears throat> and yes, this idea of a second brain in the gut is actually being proven. At least the scientists are saying it's been proven. I, you know, I'm not one of them, but the microbiome in your gut, you know, our body is, I think if you were to take every single organism that lives within our body, like we're a very small percentage of it by the numbers. I mean, most of the body mass is us, but there are so many organisms that live inside of us. One of the biggest mistakes that can be made is unnecessarily using antibiotics because it kills all the good bacteria. Bingo. In your gut. Yeah. Bingo. Um, now it might be needed as a last resort. You know, if you're, if your doctor, you know, do what your doctor says, I'm not a doctor, but um, if you do find that you need to take antibiotics, then, you know, you need to go through a process of actually regrowing the good gut bacteria. So, I mean, this is a whole, I guess we could do a whole show on this, um, you know, uh, but it is, yeah, the, the brain, the emotions, a lot of things that happen, things that happen emotionally are more and more being connected to your gut health. And that's, that's one thing that doctors are starting to say. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really true. Folks, we are going off YouTube. Uh, well, we're already off YouTube. It's what gone. It's yeah. gone. Man, Bye. I like to give them at least a heads up to follow. I did. Or... I was posting earlier. I was posting a oh, few yeah. minutes into it. Uh -oh. into it. Yeah. yeah. If they don't know by now. Yeah. yeah. If they don't know by now. Exactly right. If you don't know by now. Know, 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 know me by now. If you don't know me by now. Never know rogue. Ooh, oh. Wonderful. Yeah. That was beautiful. Crooning, baby. So what? What we want to talk <laughs> about? Some charts. Let's yeah, bring it up, cowboy. Let's talk economics. Let's talk markets, and then let's talk uh, everything else in the world. Lots of crap going around. Let's hit it, bro. We are we are now unbridled, and we are. Uh, we got one uh, one issue prior to the charts. Now we you know how uh, Senator Warren uh, she said that she was you know Pocahontas. She said she was like Native American, and they looked at her family tree. She is. Yeah. Well, we have recently found out that Lori Lightfoot has some family tree issues. Oh god. Yeah, we you actually have pictures of Lori Lightfoot, don't you? I have I have pictures of her family tree. She is not who or what she says she is. So I'm going to go ahead and share that. Give me one second here. This is huge. Right. And this is somebody This is, this is breaking yeah. news people. There she is. Yeah. <laughs> She's a hybrid. She's, She's a hybrid. hybrid. She's not even human. She's like an old uh, ghost. Yeah, she's like Alec Baldwin's ghost in Party T. Yeah. So yeah, we, we we need to spread this information out. <laughs> okay, all right. So that's that. That's all I had. She's literally the most pig-headed, out of touch for with reality. I mean, most libtards are, but this lady in Chicago is a special case, man. Oh yeah. Sue Sue had my perfect my thought as well. It's like, please leave ET alone. ET was cute. Sure. Now I have to thought about ET. I'm I'm maligning E.T. <laughs> You're ruining my childhood, cowboy. You're ruining my childhood. Yeah, Beetlejuice isn't um, the Beetlejuice himself is not that gross either. So we should give him a little more credit. Uh, you know, hawking loogies and spitting in his lapel. You know, I mean, he close. was the ghost of the most. Yeah, that's right. He was. Um, so let me find the. Uh, I'll go ahead and share the chart now. This is going to be a show when we talk about economics today. It's going to be a show that's a bit of vindication for myself and the gorilla. And it comes down to the fact that, um, you know, we've been, if you listen to our show, you know, we don't give any financial advice here. None of what we say is to be used as investment advice. Talk to a licensed, uh, you know, investment advisor before risking your money on markets and, you know, don't do what we say. All right. So that's 
the disclaimer, but everything that we've said, it, like we're pretty accurate as far as our, our forecasting goes. Um, yeah. Now I showed this last week. I did call a bottom of 3,600 back when things started to fall. Not, I didn't draw this arrow from the top. That's not, that is a uh, retrospect arrow. So I'm not claiming this. I'll delete it just so there's no confusion, but somewhere around, you know, after we made like a second attempt at reaching that high again, because the S and P hit 4,800 and, and folks, we are looking at the S and P and we're looking all the way back to um, like 2021, halfway through 2021. So the height was at the end of last year. That was like the peak and S and P hit about 4,800. It, yep. it headed back down. It broke this support that was at about 4,200, tried to rally back, bounced off of 4,600, and it came all the way down to my target. And I don't know if the shows are still archived or not, but you can hear me saying it. 3,600 was going to be the local bottom. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that's the bottom? Well, I'm not necessarily saying that's going to be, you know, say the bottom for the next few years. It might go a bit lower. We'll talk about that. But it did bottom out there. Now, at that time, this arrow that you're seeing, I had predicted that 3,600 right about here. I drew this arrow at that time. I said it was probably going to head up to 4,400 area. It actually bounced at about 4,350-ish. That's where it rejected 4,330. So, you know, this is like, I mean, if you have this kind of information and you've done your own research and, you know, that your information looks the same, then you're basically printing money. And then to back that up, you know, V said something uh, two weeks ago when I was on last, you know, he and I, we don't really talk like before the show about what we think is going to happen. I have my technical method and I kind of know which way the wind's blowing from the news that I read and geopolitics and a lot of information I actually hear on like the show from V and things like that. But every time we get on the show, our numbers tend to line up pretty well. Freaky. Um, so it's kind of freaky, right? Very. You know, so what's happened is I'm going to, change the screen a little bit so I can use my drawing tools here. But what's happened is that prices come back down. This is the S&P. Now, I'm looking at the S&P 500 for a reason. It is a really good bellwether for markets. The Dow is, uh, it's a little outmoded. It's important. And it's kind of like what everybody looks at. But the S&P, it just seems to be a little bit better of a bellwether, especially when you're kind of considering a meld between like tech risk assets, things like that. Of course, NASDAQ is really the, you know, the tech index, but S&P 500 is great bell with this. That's the point. And that's why we're talking about it because it relates directly to Bitcoin, which we're going to move on to next. So we're, we headed back down. Now we're touching 3,600. And some interesting news happened we're going to talk about after the charts. And we're going to talk about why what I'm saying is going to happen may happen here. Uh, we had a lot of news out of the UK the last couple of days that was just insane. Um, financially. So I think that we're going to, I'll actually show you guys right now how I do some of these uh, metrics. I'm going to back out to a higher time frame to make this easier. We're on a weekly time frame. We're looking all the way back again to uh, like mid 2019 and the low, the hard low back in the COVID low for the S and P was 2160, right? That was when we panicked and then they turned on the money and then all of a sudden price went to all kind of new highs. And that was predicted uh, by the by the gorilla, although COVID wasn't, the actual levels were. So I'm going to use something called the fixed range. We're going to look for some areas where there was not a lot of volume. So in this particular case, price will be attracted to this high volume area 
It's called the point of control. Um, this is uh, similar to some other tools that people use, but it's kind of a tool that I use that a lot of people don't. Now that's 3380. Price will be attracted to that level, right? Price is going to want to go there. But the next area down from there where there's not a lot of volume is right here. I'm going to draw a box. And this is where this general area. And that's a, that's a pretty broad range. We're going to narrow that down a bit. But this next area is where most likely price will go if there's a panic sell in the next like month or so, right? So if there's a panic sell, if the market freaks out, if somebody, you know, oh, someone used a nuke or I don't know, so, you know, that's the panic sell. Well, you know, depending on what kind of nuke we're talking about, that's another story altogether. But this line that I just drew right here at the top of that range, it's a decent area that price could actually fall to before the blood is over. Um, now, to I'm going to rely a little bit, V, on some of the information you have with regard to, you know, like the next couple of months. I know you talked about it two shows ago, but V, can you go ahead and, and you know, talk about the general market trend that you expect through the end of the year and next year and what's going on there? Yeah, <clears throat> I think. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to I'm going to translate it <clears throat> when you're, you know, as you're talking or maybe after you're done, I'll translate it onto the chart. Yeah, I think. Um, I think what I said, if I remember correctly, from uh, two weeks ago, in the last several shows that we did together, uh, I was painting out a picture that, listen, you know, I've said this, Cowboy said this, and we've been like my fundamentals, his technicals and Cowboys, like literally the best technical trader I know. The guy's amazing. And um, you're too I say that in all serious. Yeah, I'm serious, man. You're 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 on point. Your technicalities are just insane. Insanely awesome. Uh, so <clears throat> one of the things uh, I touched based upon was that the markets are, are you know, we, we talked about the rate hikes and boom, just like we talked about those rate hikes happened, right? Now, we're going to be looking at um, the markets kind of staying tepid and chaotic, volatile, and then we're looking at the cheap money coming back in in 2024. And that was like the overarching theme that we've talked about. And then Cowboy was able to construct a lot of the technicals that go along with that. And, it'll, 20, and, and was it, the cheap money coming back in 2024 or 2023? It's going to be coming back towards the end of like 2020, mid mid to mid to or mid to late 2023. You're going to see uh, the cheap money start trickling in, and then it's going to be off to the races. You know, so it it could also happen in the beginning of 2023, depending on how uh, where the numbers stand at the end of November. And I think we we brought into account. Uh, the midterm elections and what's going to happen right after that, that's going to be the predetermining factor as to when the spigot is going to be turned back on. Yeah, see, I, I actually lined that out. As you were talking, I, I typed it out on the chart, and I'm not sure if this is big enough for people to see. see if you um, load up let more. me expand it. Jeez, is there a way to make this uh, screen bigger? Uh, you know, at, toggle toggle to the, the right and click on your Zoom uh, Cowboy. There you go. Yep, there That's you go. a good idea. Click on that. And that's zoomed in. The the yeah. the issue is I can what I can really do is I can do this. Hang on, let me remember if we can go full screen here. This it's the screen shape I think we're dealing with. Yeah, it's the screen shape. Let me see if I can there we go. There, that's better. No, no, no that's something up. I did. Oh. 
Well, I'm going to, I'm going to actually flip to a different screen share. Let me, let me stop the screen. I think I can fix this here. I think your screen share is racist, but good. Yeah, yeah it is. Texas it's a racist too. screen share. Nothing but racist, race. toxic, masculine numbers all over the place. Where's my safe oh, on space, dark damn it. mode? I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm triggered right now. <laughs> Here, this is it, it's actually the aspect ratio that was the issue okay so this this should look a lot better so this yeah. is the midterm election right so right. Th this is what i and, and, and and cowboy, so before you go really into know. cowboy before you go into it i, I want to explain some the reason why cowboy and myself will bring the market into this the market really is the um What's the word I'm looking for? I think it was a uh, cliff high. You talked about what's the one, what's the term you use? Neuro, neuro, the, not neuro linguistics. No, it, it, yeah, it's a uh, linguistic prediction. Yeah, something like that. Ring, linguistic something prediction, like that. Right. So predictive when, linguistics, predictive linguistics, bingo. So what Cowboy and I do when when I take the fundamentals, Cowboy brings in the technicals. You put them together. You have predictive instead of linguistics it's predictive markets which are literally predictive global events so in other words we're giving you a crystal ball of where the world is going to be in the next three months the next six months the next year is it a hundred percent accurate no but you want to know something it's pretty damn accurate enough that i know for certain that there are family offices and trading desks that actually go back and use this bit of data to trade with okay now on top of that we you know when we bring this out you pay close attention this is the crystal ball folks of the world you're going to be living in. this is the closest thing you're going to get to remote viewing but on the real real go ahead cowboy yeah no it's so the thing about markets is that they react in real time yep. um you know i know velis talks a lot about insurance companies insurance companies make their money based on reality so narratives really don't matter uh markets are no different so the the, the quickest reaction you're going to get is in markets and we'll go over that um so not to belabor this business with the s p too far um so what i'm going to do is uh you see this is the election this is the end of the year 2023 so I, i'm looking at like a winter kind of like a and it just really, it really depends what's going to happen. Britain already capitulated and started or stopped their quantitative uh, tightening and actually went over quantitative easing again. Mm -hmm. And I think they're the canary in the coal mine. Um, so I think we're going to see that spread to some other countries. We'll get into the details of what that is, why it matters. But I think at least for now, like we might see a bit of, in uh, this right now, so unpredictable. So I wouldn't take this as gospel. But either price is going to come back off this this thirty six hundred prior low, right? It's gonna it's gonna head up from here. I doubt it though. I have a lot of metrics that are pointing towards a move down, kind of towards the election, maybe at the election, maybe after the election. But I think the low three thousand kind of is is there. I, I mean thirty three hundred, I think, is really likely that price will hit that. But I think it's going to extend. Might not go in a straight line. Right. It could it could wiggle on the way down, a little up, a little down, but eventually make its way down towards like thirty two, thirty one hundred. There are some analysts of of you know professional repute uh that make millions of dollars that agree with that. Mine's based on just the technicals that I use that we've seen in here a million times. 
And then after this, again, this is where, you know, this is going into 2023. And I think right now the markets have priced in like 4% Fed funds rate, like a prime rate, whatever the, the proper term there is. Right now they're hiking rates, right? We just had a 75 basis point hike. Last meeting they said it's going to be another 145 basis points that they've committed to. Of course, can you trust that commitment? It certainly pushed the markets down short term, right? So I think we're, you know, we might see an October surprise. I mean, we just, there's so many things happening. You know, Nord Stream 2, uh, you know, we, we want to cover that a little bit. But the main story about Nord Stream 2 is going to be a qui bono story. But in the end, I do think we'll see a winter of sorts. Um, and barring anything major, like any major catastrophe, a true like crazy war, I think that price will hang around the S&P, at least for now. Uh, you know, and, and the things as price kind of nears there, I'll have other metrics to kind of make some better forecasts. But the, the best forecast I have right now is price between 3300 and 3100-ish leading up to the election. After that, I think things will bottom out, whether they bottom out at this level or a lower level. And then partway through 2023, you'll start to see price slowly start to head upwards. And that is also coincidental with the Bitcoin uh, the, uh, the happening. So we talked a lot about S and P I'll do a quick look at Bitcoin. So we don't spend the whole time on charts. Cause there's a lot of important news right now. Um, when but you get Bitcoin, a chance, Cowboy, I wanted to ask it, you know, in regards to the, uh, the data, the input into your system, because, you know, how much does the, uh, credit market, the debt market impact, uh, your, your charting? Because I, I firmly believe that there's a lot of traders, even institutional who are basically, uh, in uh, injecting money into the system based upon the, the the credit availability. In other words, you know they're able to, you know, borrow at you know two or three percent, hoping that they're going to get a rate of return that's significantly higher. Uh, so therefore, that gets adjusted, you know, based upon the flow of the money that the money that's available. They're they're not. I don't think they're trading their own money. I think that they're it could potentially borrow money. And when that debt tightening occurs, how does that happen uh, within the markets? Does that make any sense at all? Makes all the sense, yeah, and it, it's it, right. It's probably the most important thing. So you're, you're you're hitting what is the most important aspect of the markets in the last. I don't know. Like in other words, if I'm putting money in, I feel a lot better. Uh, uh, what was that? Other people's money? OPM. O OPM. OPM. I much. I yeah. feel a lot more comfortable uh, putting other people's money into the market than I do my own. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. you should, except for the lawsuits. Um, so. Lawsuits you know, are fun. They're fun. <laughs> you just have to you have to sign. You know, there's ways to handle that. But um, okay, so the way I, I trade forex, right? So any kind of volatility is good. Uh, I've been shorting the crap out of the euro for weeks now. It's just it's made me a lot of decent. You know, it's it's, it's been my bread and butter, right? How do you like the so, pound being pounded? Oh well, we're gonna get into that. But to really now get that's, to that's CJ. language. <laughs> what? Uh, to we're gonna get into that we're gonna pound it um but yeah as far as the uh the credit okay so right now as far as credit is concerned money's expensive and since the hiking people have been actually moving to the dollar it's that we're in a very strange time in the market where there's really like not a safe haven the way they've designed things and the way that people are de-dollarizing and a lot of different very very complex things are happening in the bond market that are causing the inability to kind of like put your money somewhere and it's going to grow better than the dollar. Um, except prices are still increasing, 
you know, so we have this weird like inflation, but no hedge situation. Um, so the dollar right now is like a great place to be compared to most other assets. So that, that, so money became more expensive, meaning credit is harder to get. So that's when things are compressing and that's what we're seeing right now. If I were to zoom out to, you know, I could even map this out here with with Bitcoin is going to have the same kind of look as the S and P in that sense. Um, So we're going to go back to 2018, right? 2020, a lot of money got printed all through 2018. Oh shoot. I should, I should use a different one. Let's use uh, BTCUSD so we can go back a lot farther. All right. So when did we start seeing like, you know, super cheap rates. What happened here? I don't want that. Why is this here? That's a great tool. I don't know why it's on my screen. Yeah, it's racist. All right. So, oh, I see what's going on here. Shoot. Um, we use a different one. Bitstamp's good. All right. So, um, we really kicked rates down to zero. Let's just say through here, we started printing money. 2020, cheap money, super low rates, and then all of a sudden injecting a lot of credit, a lot of money into the economy. Because, you know, all money is debt and credit. It's all kind of wrapped up together. So CJ, you're seeing what happens here when money is cheap and there's a lot of credit. And then here, starting in, uh, let me see, rate I cuts started happening. I could not as cheap as I could last month. What's what? that? I could not borrow it as cheap as I could last month. Yeah, I mean, think about it yes. this way. Like, right now, to, to the same house is going to cost you like 30% more in a mortgage payment or more than it used to. It might be like 40% more than it used to. So the same person is going to qualify based on their income to leverage out to buy a mortgage on their house. Their house is worth a million dollars that they want to buy. So they're going to, you know, get a mortgage. If their payment is like, you know, if their payment used to be 6,000, Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be like nine or 10,000 or whatever the number is. And so they're not going to be able to borrow because they're borrowing based on their income. So this is a perfect example of what you're asking about, CJ. When the rate goes up, people cannot afford the debt service. And when they cannot afford the debt service, then they simply don't borrow. And then no one's buying houses and the prices deflate. Well, even um, bank to you know, bank lending, right? Like even... even bank to bank lending. Um, you know, I mean, look, even even leverage has a price so but but you know the home mortgage is just more of an analog to what's happening in the market when money becomes more expensive real returns start to deflate and right now everything is yield starved it's really hard to find good yield in the current scenario the current area right the current uh, economic situation that we're in yield you know there's not a lot of yield like there used to be so when you're only let's just say you're able to get a real yield of 3% with inflation being 20 right i mean that's mm-hmm. miraculous to get a real yield of of even 1% or 2 okay so all of a sudden they hike the prime rate by what like 3% now you're getting a negative 1% yield instead of staying in the dollar so it's just you then there's nowhere to go so that, that I don't know if that the margin is... calls who does determines the margin calls, right? Like that took place the other day. Sure. So a margin call happens when you are borrowing money to trade. So when you borrow money to trade, it's like, okay, most people take, you know, a thousand dollars, they borrow a thousand dollars worth of stock. That stock goes down 999%. Now their stock is worth a dollar, but they still own the stock, right? Now, mm-hmm. when you borrow money, it's a different thing. So um, let's say you're leveraged out 100 to 1. 
right? Your money is going to increase a hundred times as quickly, but it's also going to decrease a hundred times as quickly. So if you have a thousand dollar investment and you have borrowed $800, right? And then it gets down to the margin. Well, the margin is your $200. So when the price gets too far, too close to your margin, they're going to close the trade and you're going to owe that money. Because because uh, it's kind of hard to explain. I haven't had to explain this for a long time. I think that makes sense. Um, what you just said, I think it makes okay. Sense. Okay, so if you yeah, so if you're borrowing money, all of the <coughs> losses are not your loss, right? But there's a certain amount of the loss that your margin can pay for. Now, once that money runs out, that you know the loss, the fees, and everything, your trade is just liquidated, and you lose your margin. So, or your other option is to add more margin to keep the trade alive. And that's what happened in the UK. And basically, and and this is a good time to talk about it. Um, I'll just, you know, Bitcoin right now, 2024 is the halvening. Cheap money coming in, maybe mid to late 2023, according to V and the bathhouse intel. So, you know, we will probably... The bathhouse intel. We should launch our own paper, right? Called the bathhouse intel. (laughs) Why not? Yeah, we should. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, can I get a massage at the bathhouse? <laughs> no, no, the bathhouse. <laughs> it's not a gay. Oh, it's bathhouse. spelled differently. It's after... No, it's not that kind of bathhouse. It's it's, it's one of the old school H A U S H A U S house. Yeah. Yes, bathhouse. Spelled the German style. Yeah. And Cap, yeah, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but this is really good stuff. This is really good stuff. So, so keep going. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, ask. You know, this is what I'm here for. I mean, please. Uh, ask questions. Okay, got another um, question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. You got the margin you know, call always... idea, right? Because the danger yeah, that well, margin mar- calls us, you're not making if you're not making or meeting the maintenance level of that security, and that price is plummeting, you are you are in a shit show scenario where you will absolutely not only lose your shorts, but eat your shorts as well. <laughs> Nicely said. Yeah, that's a fact. Um going to do a quick look at okay so look with bitcoin I'll imagine i did the same exercise i did with the s&p using that profile if anybody wants me to do it and chart just come to me in discord i'll be happy to actually chart it out um some key levels that that i figured out using those volume metrics were between um seven and seventeen thousand. right those were key levels for me as far as how low could Bitcoin go? Now, V, you came up with Intel that said between six and 16,000, right? Yes. Well, 17,000 is the prior high. Yep. Uh, at what? Well, no, 20,000. That, that was a total lie. 20,000 was <clears> a lie. <throat> I mean, a high. And then 17 ish thousand was the next lower high. This is back in like 2018. But an important part right here, an important uh, location is 14,000. There was kind of like a mini run up that went up to, uh, yeah, like about 14,000 price does have a reason to bounce around there. And there's a lot of volume, a lot of action that's happened. That's built kind of a support that's like 14 and below. So if it, if price goes below 14,000 on Bitcoin, I imagine it's going to be a panic scenario, which could very well happen. Um, it's going to be a panic wick and it probably won't stay there for long. Um, so, you know, but I don't want to stray too far from the margin call conversation so let me roll over to zero hedge
and we'll talk about what happened in the UK because that's actually really important. Um, let's see, Germany. Yeah. Got to find it. It was it was an BOE, article. BOE. I think it was a private one. I don't I don't subscribe to their. I think you may have just passed it. That's I think. Uh, I BOE. you know what I know an easy way. To, I send it to you in an email, Siege. Hold oh, on. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I have it. I have it. Yep. Is I got the, it right uh, here. You ready? Yeah, one please do. Betting. Okay. All right. Here it goes. It's coming up right now. There it is. Okay. So this one is the. Uh, this is. This is the first one that we probably should talk about. This goes back to uh, just vindication for what uh, what V was talking about. And essentially, uh, I think there's a chart if you scroll down a bit. Um, yeah, I hate that. Okay, I got to get a little closer to the screen here. Let me see if I can make this. Is that the right one? No, no, that's not. If you could uh, back out from that. Actually, right there, the one that's on the screen there. There it is. Yeah, so in play. Okay, so this is the Fed funds target rate. Okay, so if four is actually priced in, they think it might even go a little bit higher. So you're actually, you know, we, what V, what have you been saying this, they're going to do with the rate eventually? They're going to they're gonna roll it back. And what is this dot plot telling us? The stop loss telling us exactly that they're going to be rolling it back. Yeah, it's going to, they're going to roll it back. They, it, 4% to 5% has been priced in for 2023. Yep. And already we're starting to see stuff rattle, especially over in the UK. We'll talk about that. But we're seeing a point where things are going to start sliding down about halfway through 2023. And that's literally what V said. So, And we've been saying this for a while on the show. So the entire reason that this particular article came up is to show that you have guys that are you know, out there, hedge fund types, Wall Street types, and they got that green dot with that arrow right there in the middle of 2023 as to when things are going to start changing. And you got those dot plots right there. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, now if uh, v, uh, CJ, if you can pull up, there's two articles on the UK and I put them in the order that uh, that we should talk about them. Um, so, and, and I'll start talking about it now. Yesterday, um, the market was acting really strange. So what I do is I wake up at 2.30 in the morning. Um, generally, I just stay awake, but I was like really tired, had a lot going on here um, lately. Yeah. So... Let me see, Bank England. Yeah, this is the one. Real quick, before you, you jump to that, because we were talking about yields, right? Like the previous yes. article. So when the Fed uh, raises rates, you know, like similar to they do, um, does that require uh, the treasury notes or, or the bond market to have higher potential payouts to people who own bonds? In other words, I think it's they, actually... That's that's the one. Okay, so let me see. Fed raises the rate. I you think it's rates go up because yields. I think that's why the last last bond sale was there were there were, there were no buyers and then in when yeah wine, yields go down rates go, go up yields go down if I remember that correctly. Okay, okay, all right. That's I, I need to double check that. It's not my specialty, but that's one of the things. I believe with the bond markets, as the rate goes up, the yields go down. I because think I was, that's how rates that goes. go up and the yields if, go down. If that had something to do with the capitulation that occurred was like, listen, like if rates are going up, we can't guarantee people who own or bond that type of level of payout anymore. So, so sorry, we can't, we can't do that. And why the Fed is a little, is literally froze. They have no options at this point. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, well, what you're saying is in, it's true. Uh, certainly in the UK, in 
I don't want to say it's an indirect sense because it's actually kind of direct. So, and what you're looking at now, the United States still has the reserve currency. The dollar is everywhere. Um, right now it's the safest place to be. I know everybody talks about de-dollarizing and yes, it's happening, but I think it's going to be a very slow process unless there is a very violent, you know, uh, geopolitical situation, which could happen. So as of now, the dollar is a great place to be. Um, but in the UK, CJ, what you're talking about is pretty clear is what happens. So the bond market had some issues and it was yesterday. I woke up early and I'm like, man, the charts are just really strange right now. There was no reason for the chart to be kind of in this weird, it, it was in the hottest time of the day right after the London open. And it was, there was all this weird kind of price action. I'm like, I can't trade this. I'm going back to sleep. And so I get back up at, you know, four or five and I go look and the market, like it went crazy. It blew up. And so what had happened was the, as the rates were increasing over there, you know, England, uh, UK has had one of the hardest hits to income earners. So the stagflation over there is actually one of the worst. I, I think it was the worst out of the G8. And uh, I saw a chart in that a few days ago. So people are really hurting, right? Their income to, you know, cost of living ratio is really, really bad over there. Like three times worse than ours as, as a trend. Brutal. Right? It's brutal over there. Brutal over there. So one of the things is that uh, they did the math and then they've been doing the math. I mean, it's just not, this wasn't a surprise to them, but I don't want to say wiped out. That's what the article says, but 90% of UK um, pensions we're heading to margin call, essentially. Essentially, the collateral that actually backs up their pensions was headed for a margin call. So margin calls, we talked about, <clears throat> thank you for asking the question earlier, a margin call is when your trade gets liquidated. It means everything sells, right? Mm -hmm. And technically, until you've exited a trade, you haven't experienced a real loss. So those pensions are technically solvent, even though they're in the toilet because of the way that the bond market is trading, that paper and the trade on that paper and the leverage used in that trade is still active. So they're not experiencing a real loss yet. And so as the rates started to go up over there on the pound, money got more expensive. The actual bonds in the paper and the collateral <clears throat> backing up those <clears throat> pensions started to, it was about to liquidate. Now, if you really want like a revolution, go ahead and take away your people's pensions. Oh yeah, because like especially in Europe, 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 like pensioners, like everybody's pensioner over there. Everybody so, is. It's that's how it is. And then the secondary issue with the and so that explains. I mean, that is the article right there, right? That's just to explain to you what happened. So what they did was they didn't drop the rate for the pound at the BOE the bank of england what they did do is quantitative easing which is like everybody's been going into tightening well they've been saying they're going to go into tightening i don't even i don't even know if the us has even let any assets fall off the fed's balance sheet because no. that's what quantit you know let's let's make a quick distinction between quantitative no, tightening they ha they haven't they haven't let anything slip and nothing's falling off right yep keep yeah, going so, i'm no. loving how you're building this up because it's, it, because when you're when you wrap up what you got to say, and uh, I'm going to tell you the other side of this whole entire coin. Folks, you need to pay attention. This is big. Go ahead, cowboy. Yeah, and, and everybody uh, <clears throat> do forgive me. Like I, This does take a few different pieces for me to set up to kind of get the yeah. whole picture. That's why we're going through uh, some of these subjects one by one. And it's, it sounds like financial gobbledygook, right? So V's going to kind of cinch it all up when I'm done here. So 
<clears throat> you have uh, the UK, they, there's quantitative easing, and then there's monetary policy. So there's money printing, and then there's money buying, right? And these are two different things. So uh, financially accommodative, uh, fiscally accommodative and like conditions are a two-part deal. You have the Fed, number one, printing money. Number two, hiking or cutting rates. That's monetary policy, right? And then you have more like fiscal policy, fiscal actions. Now, what the Fed does, it's the buyer of last resort, although it kind of starting to seem like the buyer of first resort. But basically, for the <laughs> bonds and the, you know, and the paper that's not being bought by other countries, the Fed buys that up, right? So they're backstopping everything, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, the UK and every private central bank operates pretty much the same in the first world. So the UK has their version. It's the Bank of England. Bank of England is buying, you know, assets. They're buying paper. I don't think they're like Japan that's literally buying stocks. But um, basically, the Bank of England is number one. They're they were doing the rate hiking like everybody else, although most other countries are hiking faster than us. And number two, of course, they're purchasing their own paper to backstop their economy right? To backstop their entire system. Well, the quantitative tightening is what everybody's talking about doing. And it's making people do certain things in the market because it's just a narrative because none of it's happened yet, at least in America. But UK is the first country out of all these countries to reverse that and go back to quantitative easing. So now we are back in QE, QE5 or QE6 now. I don't know. Um, but they're, the guess is over there, they're probably still going to do a few more rate hikes, but they're going to continue to um, do some targeted quantitative easing where they're going to print money and uh, go ahead and buy certain assets. The BOE will go ahead and backstop all the pensions. And now, of course, you're just, you know, what we're doing is we are now back on track towards hyperinflation. That's that's the end product of everything I just explained, the reversion to quantitative easing and eventually to rate cutting. And it's going to happen here too. So I think that we're going to see this happen. Other countries are going to get in trouble. There's going to be a potential margin call of liquidation in pensions or wherever it is. We know a lot of pensions here in the States are in trouble. Um, CalPERS is, is a nightmare. Um, so look, all I'm telling you, and to keep it really basic, like, okay, crypto is great. I love crypto. I think it's a great place. I think that Monero and a few other privacy coins are a great place to be. I'm not giving any financial advice. I do hold a decent amount of wealth in crypto. I also hold uh, a, a fair amount of wealth in precious metals, physical precious metals. I do not have the, like the vast majority of them are not here in my house. I have a family vault that no one knows where it is and that's where they're kept and we have access to it and all that. But, um, you know, so I'm just saying like, if your money's in the paper markets, I think it's a great time to make money on paper through 2025 or six. Yep. You know, I think maybe, uh, maybe a half a year of pain or a few months of pain. And then, and then it, we're going to be like V says off to the races. So uh, yeah, V, if you want to kind of, you know, backfill on that and yeah. give everybody the, the kind of the, the quick and easy on that, whoever yeah. I didn't put to sleep and who's still with us. And folks, when you go back, when you listen to this broadcast again, because it's really, it's really you know, very key here because we're giving you stuff that's never talked about in any channel anywhere. There's not even anything remotely close on YouTube or in podcasting that's even coming close to what Cowboy and I are doing on this Thursday. Not even close. Not even close. They don't they just not they don't bring the heat 
or the experience that we uh, have in terms of this regard. So let me tell you guys what's happening here. Cowboy painted basically the he, he put down the canvas. He he um he put in all the lines. He's like the the penciler. If this is a comic book store, we're trying to you know craft a story called Pax Americana and how it dies and what's the next stage here. He is the artist. He's he's basically penciling and everything. And I'm going to come in as the colorist and bring some color to this whole entire thing. You're gonna you're the so inker. here's the deal, huh? Yeah, an inker. And, and CJ is the uh, editor-in-chief because he's working the airwaves, making sure the broadcast coming out crispy and clean. You know what I mean? Keep it on the scene, right, Siege? Word. Spot on. Went, oh, okay, he left, I thought he left for a bathroom break or he's drinking coffee. Anyway, so the chart. Coffee enema. <laughs> the chart that, um, that I want to bring up here is one that you shared already, right? And I want to Bring that back. I'm going to do a little share screen here on this article. Bang. And uh, how do I how do I make this? Okay. You all see this chart, right? And we talked about we're getting into, into zero interest rate policy again, right? And then we're going to be off to the races. Cheap money is going to be flowing. Dow 40,000 print the T-shirts. Here we come, right? And you have to understand one thing, folks. What happens on Wall Street and what happens on Main Street are two completely different things. Main Street is going to die a death of a thousand cuts. It's going to get miserable for the majority of people. Wall Street is going to do fine. Okay, Wall Street's going to do great. And what we're witnessing here with what's happening with the euro going to parity with the dollar, what's happening here with the pound getting pounded where it's almost at parity with the dollar, Folks, you are witnessing what I've been we've been I've been categorizing this for a while. And I've said it before. We are witnessing, you know, there, you know, many people have said uh, they're gonna kill Europe in order to save the US. Folks, you have to understand the private equity and, and the financial powers that are here in the United States, right? And granted, at some level, the military incompetent complex. The neocons, the neolibs, the morons in D.C. believe in the bullshit that they can win wars and actually fight. The money powers is not interested in that. And the money powers exist in a world that, that is completely different from you and I. The money powers live in a world where there is no borders. There's only profits. There is no good guys or bad guys. There's only profits. There is no agendas. There's only interests. Okay. And one of the things that the money powers understand is this. The main engine of global financial mischief, the main engine of global financial chicanery, uh, con artistry, uh, I mean, all sorts of graft, corruption, the main, the main engine is the dollar. And it's the United States financial markets that creates the greatest amount of mayhem. You got to understand, we're in a world, folks, where central bankers have convinced the world that they are Midas, they are King Midas, that whatever they touch turns to gold. And that gold is paper, and their paper is as good as gold. There's no distinguishing. And they convince the world that this paper is worth something. And every single instrument and everything that they create based on this paper and all the derivatives, they can literally financially engineer collapses, booms, and busts utilizing paper 
but it only works so long as the main paper, which is the dollar, is still accepted as world reserve currency. The Federal Reserve just last week's uh, bond auctions, right? The Fed had a hell of a time trying to sell treasuries. And that's getting exponentially worse, okay? Exponentially exponentially worse. It's becoming a lot harder for the Fed to offload U.S. Treasuries because there's less buyers, because there's less people that are willing to buy the IOUs from the Fed. So that brings us to now. What's going on now? Why is why are they willing to kill Europe? Why you got to understand? You know, people are you know there, there, was, there was an article on Zero Hedge and several other sources where they 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 claim 500 kgs, a thousand plus pounds equivalent of dynamite or TNT was used to to punch holes in Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. And people are like, what's the military strategic? What's the strategic significance? What's the strategic? It's never a strategic significance, folks. It's what's the financial leverage. Germany dying, Europe dying, England crying brings capital flight out of those countries and into the United States. The chart I have before you is a chart that fixes the problem that the U.S. markets have been having for, for over a decade, several decades at this point, and that is a solvency and liquidity crisis. How do you fix a liquidity crisis? How do you fix a solvency crisis? This chart is telling you how they're doing it. They're murdering Europe. They're murdering the U.K. There's going to be a capital flight. Now, some people would say, in a very myopic way, hey, you know what, V, the, the, aren't the city of London and Wall Street in competition with each other? Yes and no. They're in cahoots with each other. And to, them, to, to London and, and New York, there's no, there's no uh, 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 borders. There's no culture. The only culture they have is money. The only culture they have is influence. The only culture that they understand is power. And if it means that they sacrifice the very the very birthright of their nations on which they're based on, then so be it. So the BOE will do whatever it takes to keep the pensioners going, even though the pension funds have all been rehypothecated. They've all been pledged, just like every single pension fund here in the United States. You don't own shit. Your pensions, your, 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 uh, your 401ks, your 101ks, all these things have been pledged to other financial institutions. Why? Through derivatives. And through the wonders of rehypothecation, you own nothing. Folks, you got to understand the real agenda of the of these morons from Davos. You own nothing and you're happy. You're happy. How do you own nothing? It's not because they want to take away a house or something from you. You know, people think, that, you know, you're living in the countryside or you're living in the suburbs. They just want to take you out and ramrod you into a five-by-five apartment building in the Bronx or something like that and say you're going to live there. No. They want to dominate you through debt. What do you think derivatives was all about? What do you think rehypothecation was all about? It's to dominate you through debt, to subjugate you to death, to debt, and to make you think that this instrument, this thing called the dollar, is actually an instrument of power, that it has real value and it has real merit and it has real legal standing when in reality it doesn't. And this is what they're trying to convince all of you. This is what they're trying to convince all of you. They're trying to convince you that all this, 
All the stuff is, 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 is you know, oh, my God, we got to save the pensioners. Oh, it's too bad. Europe is going into a, a hard winter. It's too bad. German industry is going to die. Hey, Germany. Hey, BMW. Hey, Volkswagen. Hey, Siemens. Hey, Mercedes. Why don't you come to the U.S.? Why don't you come over here? Because you're not going to get any fuel. The Norwegian Poland pipeline is not going to give you enough fuel to keep the industry going. You come over here. Capital flight. Why? We need your liquidity. Why? Because we want to create more financial mischief. Why? Because there's an emerging power in the East, which is China, which is Russia, which is India. And they're actually doing things and creating things and shaping a new world based on physical realities and physical production and physical markets where you can actually go there and actually do a mark-to-market. Cowboy, can you actually do a mark-to-market on a U.S. stock traded on a U.S. exchange? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. And those are uh, supposedly all rehypothecated too. So if everything Bingo. drops out, you better you better have your stock certificate if, if things fall apart. Chances are you and a bunch of other people have that same stock. So the gist of what we're getting at, folks, with Cowboy's detailing, Cowboy, through the, through the power of charts, through the power of technicalities, he, he, he painted for you what looks like a vacuum cleaner. It is a vacuum cleaner that is going to suck liquidity out of the West. Why? Because this is it. We are on the last chapter of the last book in the last play of the story called Pax Americana. This is how the West ends. This is how they're going to squeeze as much liquidity out of it, and they're on to the next one. Because the derivative schemes, I'm telling you right now, the, the, the city of London and Wall Street are going to make a killing in the market. And why do you think they're beating down cryptos, right? Why do you think they're beating it down? Why, they, why do you think they just have it range-locked? They literally have it range-locked. It makes no sense. It makes pl- plenty of sense if you're the person who wants to buy it and make everybody sell it. Bingo. And then when all the yield-starved banks flying in from Europe, yield-starved banks coming in from Canada, yield-starved banks coming in from New Zealand, yield-starved banks coming in, the U.S. will be like, hey, you know what? Guess what? All of a sudden, bang, look at that. SEC is good with XRP. Oh, look at that. Bitcoin, crypto, ETFs, muni- mutual, muni- municipal funds all ready to go. Oh, look at that. I can buy Apple stock on a checkout counter in my local supermarket. Wow, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yield starved banks will come in. At that point, they will be priced and ready to come in and buy these assets at a very low, and run these bad boys up. And that's where we're headed. It, it, what, what, that, that, all this, it's going to be a lot of turmoil, a lot of volatility, a lot of chaos. But then that, that cheap money is going to flow. And gra- I'm telling you right now, the mo- you're going to have a t- period of time. And Cowboy's been on it. I've been on it. Mid-2023, as that chart was showing, mid-2023, all the way to 2025, 26, folks, you have the great. If you're in the right things, you're going to make a killing. You're going to make the most amount of money you've ever made in your entire life at that point. The rest of you that are in like stuck and dead end jobs, you need to, um, you really need to, to figure out ways to get some, some uh, uh, independent income streams.
you, you got to do that. Now, now's the time. Cowboy, go ahead, buddy. Oh, yeah. Well, so the dollar in debt is a subject that has, it's a many fold subject, but there are two folds we can just briefly go over because I think we're towards the end of the show. I also had a video of, uh, of, um, of uh, Gus's neighbor we have to see over in Naples, Florida, because they got hit pretty hard by the hurricane. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I'll show you that in a minute. But so there's two ways, many ways, but two key ways that the U.S. dollar, the Federal Reserve note, and really the money that we give to other countries or we interact with other countries is actually the 10x bond in a big way. That's more the the quote unquote U.S. dollar as a reserve currency. But the point is, is that's all based on debt. So if you go back to your basics about how money is created, it's the U.S. The U.S. Treasury creates T-bills. T-bills are basically like a bond, if you will, that's based on future tax collections. So they're selling basically your child's labor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they call it a bond, kind of like slaves have bonds. Yep. And so that is sold to the Fed, or actually, I think it's actually given to the Fed as collateral. The Fed then prints, you know, dollars and then at a very low interest rate gives it to the crony people like, you know, they get it for next to nothing. And then yeah. they and their commercial banks will that, that'll come down to the commercial banks. And then the commercial banks will actually say, well, I don't think there's any reserve requirement anymore. There used to be like you had to have 10 percent, went down to three, went down to one. Let's pretend it's like one percent that you got to keep. So ninety nine percent of that money they get to actually keep like as part of their balance sheet and they can loan out 99% of that money at like a, just a bit higher of a percent. Right. And then essentially money is multiplied by about 10 times every time that happens. Now it's not as simple as that, but a billion dollars created through treasury bond, you know, um, allocations is going to turn into maybe 10 or a hundred trillion or a hundred, I'm sorry, 10 or hundred billion, whatever it is, 10 X, hundred X. It's just, the money is, <laughs> it's all debt. It's debt from the start. And then it's debt because of fractional reserve banking. And then the third fold, there are three, I said two, there are three is the, is the derivatives and the associated leverage. And we say derivatives a lot on this show. And I think maybe some people might want to have a clear understanding mm. of what derivatives yeah. are. So a derivative is, it's a synthetic product. It's not really the underlying product. So if you're like buying, saying you're, you're trading Bitcoin derivatives, you're not buying the Bitcoin. You can't take that Bitcoin off of the exchange. You have a certain amount of margin, 10%, whatever it is that you put in. The rest of that money is money that you borrow on a very short-term basis and you pay a fee for that money. So you want to make a $1,000 trade based on the Bitcoin price and you want to do it at um, 10x leverage then you're going to put in $100, you're going to borrow the other 900 and you're going to do that for hours or days or whatever it is. And when you sell out, you're going to pay three, four or five bucks. And that three, four five bucks is fee income. And a lot of these banks and, and you know investment houses have been reduced to making fee income because there's just not a lot of yield left. But what that also does is it creates enormous amounts of debt. Um, so if you think about it this way, no one's selling underlying product anymore. No one's buying it. Not no one, but there's a huge percentage of the um, <laughs> of what's being bought and sold out there that is just debt because you're borrowing that money to make that position. You're not buying a thousand dollars in Bitcoin and then selling it to somebody else later. You're spending a hundred dollars to borrow nine thousand dollars in debt and basically play in a casino. So 
if the debt were to go away, the actual underlying value of these assets would be truly known because it's no longer being distorted by three levels of debt, the three levels I just talked about. And there's probably more, but those are the key three. Creation of money, number one. Number two is the fractional reserve banking that's now just completely unbridled, out of control, and I would say unregulated, even though technically it's regulated. And then the third, and perhaps the biggest, biggest massive amount of, of just debt that's piled up out there is the leverage. I think we're over a quadrillion. So, I mean, literally, and, and all the currencies do this, but the dollar has been doing it, I think, probably the most by far. I mean, just the, the euro dollar system, which we've talked about on prior shows, is like money that's not even accounted for in, uh, in yeah. the States. Well, and, just, and again, yeah, and I, and, you know, not to interrupt you, cowboy, sure. but I, you know, I think in terms of the EU, right, I think that's where a lot of the fraud, a lot of the corruption has been hidden. Everyone should know by now, like, the best way to get rid of a dead body is not to bury it. Like, you, you, you have to burn it. You, you have to put <laughs> an acid. You have to do something. Not, not that I know personally, but I've watched right. videos or, or know Breaking Bad. CJ is <laughs> he's giving out his cartel ties. So, again. so needless to say, you don't want to just bury the body. You have to you have to burn it. And yeah. perhaps that's how you should look at the EU is that they're willing to, like, you know, go full scorched earth theory on it. But in regards to the markets and everything, these huge institutional investors, these hedge funds, they're protected. OK. And and to me, this is this is it like their money that they throw at the the the, the cryptocurrency market and everything else like that. That's play money to them. That's like, hey, you know what? We have a, a five trillion dollar, uh, you know, cap, whatever. But and, and so here's 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 a, a half a billion dollars to you guys that you guys are managing funds. You guys are dealing with with the crypto market. Have some fun. Just don't break the bank. And if we need to pull it, we can. So the question that all listeners should be listening to is, is that don't get caught in harm's way. Right. Like. Like, do not get caught in harm's way. Do do some research. Do some some uh, understanding of what's happening. Shore up the natural things that should be taking place within your household as we navigate through this economic tsunami that, tsunami that's happening that literally no one has control of. It just it's just completely insane. But we all know here that the tide is turning. Everything is shifting away from. I heard a great conversation conversation the other day talking about like. And I can't, gosh darn, I can't remember who it was talking about, but they were talking about the world reserve current currency status and talking about how like the uh, the sterling or you know the British sterling, how everything has been backed previously by you know precious metals, and how this time is uniquely different because the dollar in itself is not, it's not backed by anything. It's a it's a completely fiat currency. So so it's so it's a, a different way of looking at how they're managing through this this crisis in, the, in this transition. But I think the latest uh, bond market sell is very eye-opening because you see the world, the rest of the world outside of the West, gravitating away from buying our debt and shifting yep. away from any type of influence of the West. It's it's a dying it's a dying breed. It's a dying cause. It's unfortunate though that that our, our quote unquote political leaders have not realized that. So we'll be left here to figure out things on our on our own as we navigate through this. So that's that's my two cents. Yeah, well, to to put just a little bit less of a, to put a little bit of an optimistic or, you know, less pessimistic feel to it, um, we yeah, the dollar is by all means pretty much fiat at this point. Um, any discussion around that is academic, uh, but I would say that even okay, so it was the the Spanish, whatever their currency was, they had it for a hundred or so years. I mean, but, you know. Basically, hundred years, and then silver, it was the French silver, silver peso, silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, Spanish, the French, 
had it for about a hundred ish years. The Brits had it for about a hundred ish years. We've had it. Um, when, when is Bretton Woods done? Like the mid forties. Yeah. 1948. 48. So we've had it, you know, for 60, 70 years. So, you know, it's, it's, it's long in the tooth, but these things do take a long time to change. I do kind of think that they might want to force some kind of change, which is why we have all the agendas. I think outside of a very, very insane, violent action that this is going to take some time. Um, the only difference is that they want to go over to the digital economy. So the main difference in everything now is the technology. Back when the British had the pound, you can guarantee that you know they were finding ways to to cheat that. Um, you know, even when the Rothschilds eventually started and kind of invented fractional reserve banking as we know it, the reason it came about was because they were gold storage people. They would just store gold, and right. what people would do is they would say, okay. You know, I guarantee this gold, you bring back this deposit slip, this IOU, and I will give you back your gold. So people knew that that deposit slip was worth a certain amount of gold. And so instead of going and getting gold to give to people or silver, they would just say, here, have my deposit slip. And it it became uh, a bearer bond, basically, is what it became. You know, so the person bearing the bond, right? A bearer bond. So they they realized though, because they're in the back looking at all their gold stores, they're like, hey, only like 10% of people ever come to get their gold. So they realized they could just trade in the IOUs. And whenever anybody has that kind of power, then they're going to abuse it. So I don't care like if something was backed by metal by whatever empire, they were probably abusing it with their notes. There's no doubt about it because they can they know how many people come for their metal. So, you know, there's nothing that new under the sun in that sense. But I do think that the technology they want to head to with the uh, the digital dollar, that's that's probably not, we don't have time for that today. But I think that's, you know, we want to think about how we're going to navigate that. That's, I think, you know, that's something that I've been kind of chatting with V in the background. Um, you know, what the what possibilities there are to navigate that scenario. So another, another, another show for that one. Yeah, definitely. And folks, you know, this is the thing here. It's like how this ends, you know, it's going to be anyone's guess, but all I know is that if you are astute and you keep your eyes sharp, you keep your wits about you and your powder dry, you're going to do well. You're going to do very, very well. It's, it, it, it's amazing what is happening. Um, I've never been busier and, and I've never been, Gus has never been busier. It's just, it, it's insane what's happening right now. There's a lot of, a lot of people that are very concerned about what is happening. They see what's coming. And right now I'm, I'm, you know, I tell you guys a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to some serious oil money. They're looking to, uh, get things situated, you know, get into alternative assets, and right out the storm, and they're not—they're not pulling all their portfolio out, but they are getting ready. They are preparing. You know, they're getting into—they're considering things that they never considered before, which is, um, you know, having a percentage of their of their profits in precious metals, having dabbling into d- digital assets, you know, things of that sort. So, get ready. It's going to be awesome. And I'll—I'll uh, I'll tell you right now, it's like, you know, um, if you want to learn how to trade. You know, learn how to trade. I mean, Cowboy is a wonderful resource. He can definitely help you out. He's lurking in the Discord. If you need to get into the Discord, email CJ, CJ at roguenews.com, CJ at roguenews.com. 
in the subject of the heading, just put in uh, Discord so he knows uh, what your uh, what the email's about, and he'll let you in. Uh, it's a great and powerful community. Uh, that's a growing community. A lot of help there. Just a cool place to hang out. Uh, anything else you gentlemen want to say before we sign off? No, just <clears throat> no other than if you include uh, tequila somewhere in, in the email to request the link to join Discord, you usually get the link a little bit quicker. So um, any any type of, um, you know, liquor store or anything like that, that you <laughs> <that's all good. laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Yeah. So email me for a link to get into Discord, cj at roguenews.com. That's all I have. Yeah. And I've, I've said enough. I just I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Thank you all for listening in again. We will be back tomorrow. Do we have Velas tomorrow, Siege? Yeah. No, right? uh, Velas, and I'm fairly certain that Harley's going to win. Oh, shoot. At 12. Wait, wait, so. real quick. This take this will take like 60 seconds. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Let's see if I can find it. It's, uh, oh, where is it? Don't tell me I lost it. There was this, this video of like two different videos in Naples. Here it is. Let me see. Let me do a share screen. This is insane, guys. So we might want to check on, um, on Gus here. Share screen. There it is. I'll have to zoom in quite a bit. It's a quick video too, so you got to keep your eyes kind of peeled. Let me see. Share. And let me widen this out. This is crazy. So hopefully you can see this, but basically if you've seen The Shining, like remember how the blood comes out of the elevator door? No way. Well, this is like somebody's back door and the hurricane water hits the door. Ready? No way. Oh my God. Here it goes again. Do it again. Dude. <laughs> that's a full metal door. That's a that's a reinforced door right there, too. And that's Holy an cow. That's an They're saying the depth is in the hundreds in some places. Yeah, it's really bad. So I don't know if anybody's heard from Gus, but uh that's his town. Gus is actually um, uh, uh, entertaining the idea of getting um, some free services uh, by the hour for for phone recharges with his um, uh-huh. system he has set up. So <laughs> <laughs> he's going to maximize the profit opportunity <laughs> with this storm. Oh my god! You don't even need to talk to me in V. Just follow Gus. You'll find ways to make money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or at least free services. <laughs> if you are a deviant man and you need to learn how to how to leverage your deviancy for profit, contact Gus Timas at PerpetualAssets.com. He can also help with your four hundred one k and your one and your retirement accounts, while giving you tips on how to profit. As being a lurking deviant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you all for listening in. We're over and out. Uh, (laughs) Gus is an end of days bunker in uh, Naples. (laughs) Yeah, we'll update update Gus's status in the Discord. We'll reach out to him and update here shortly. Maybe we should have him on tomorrow. There's another video where somebody's first story is underwater. Yeah. All All right, right, folks.